Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm delighted to announce that Beer52.com and ourselves at For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast have come together to offer you guys something nice for the Christmas. Before the 17th of December, if you go to beer52.com forward slash love and you cover the $5.95 postage, you'll be able to claim your free case of 10 beers. 10 beers for the price of postage seems like a no-brainer to me. So get to beer52.com forward slash love and pay the $5.95 postage and you'll be able to claim your free case of beers. Just to let you know as well that Beer52, they're a beer club like no other. They send their experts all around the globe to find the best beers just like I'm sure Johan Lange is doing at the moment, sending our scouts everywhere to try and find the best players to help us kick on in the Premier League and on towards Europe. Also, each month, Beer52 members will receive the Ferment magazine, which will tell you a lot that you need to know about any of the beers, breweries and themes, if that's something that you're interested in. You'll also get two delicious snacks to wash down uh, with those frothy tins of goodness also. You can select dark beers, you can select light beers, you can select mixed cases, Whatever tickles your fancy, you can do it there. Just want to remind you guys as well that after redeeming your first case, you will join the monthly beer club, which is £24 per month. But remember, there is no minimum commitment. You can pause or cancel at any time. So that's beer52.com forward slash love and pay the 5 95 postage to claim your case of 10 beers. And I hope you enjoy that offer. Now here's today's podcast. So it's... Uh all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi villains and welcome to For the Love of Bob McGrath podcast. We're back again and we're going to do a Man City review and a Leicester City preview. Try and get 
kill two birds with one stone on this podcast and get one out so that you guys can listen to it over the weekend before our game on Sunday at half past four. But before I do that, just want to get a small bit of housekeeping out of the way. We do have a new partner with us here on the podcast, and we're delighted to say that we're partnering partnering up with a company and an application called Spond. If any of you guys out there have an organization, whether it be a football team, whether it be a rugby team, whatever, if you're even if you've got a drama group, whatever you can think of, Spond has uh, Spond is a really really great app. It's 100 percent free free, and it can help you to organize anything. Let's just say you've, you're setting up a, a football game or you're setting up training. You can set up events within the application. It's easy to use. The organizer can, can send that event out to a group of people and it allows you to keep all of your organization, your communications, etc., all in one place as well. Uh, the Spond application works across any device and even allows you to share files, create polls, create a schedule of training sessions or matches, to manage events, whether it's a singular event or a repetitive event. Um, and it allows you to do that for the whole season. It also allows you to manage attendance. Um, you can receive payments and make payments through the application as well. So if you're looking maybe to to take to, to gather membership, um, although at this time of the year, I think your membership is probably well and truly due. But if you are looking to manage membership, it uh, you can do that. That can be done through the application as well. And also you can send group and private messages, obviously, to keep in contact. Um, it can also be synced with your calendar too. It's one that I, one that I actually used myself. I've started using myself for um, for for stuff that I'm doing uh, uh, as well, and I'm finding great great results out of it. So. Uh, as I say, that is Spond, the application S P O N D, and you can find them at spond.com or on any um, any app websites or any app stores, whether it be on Android or on iOS. Um, so as I say, check them out, give them a give them a, a look, and as I say, if you do start to use it, you won't be disappointed. Um, so that's that little bit of housekeeping out of the way at the start. Paddy, Paddy's back. He's not in the whole pub anymore. And uh, he's back in familiar territory and <laughs> better place to start because we couldn't, I, I was, uh, I, I was looking forward to chatting to you, you know, from, from uh, Villa Park, especially to get, get your views on, on what the atmosphere was like, but obviously the internet connection, the fact that I was literally left holding the baby um, <laughs> yeah. was a bit of a distraction and a deterrent. And thank you to everybody for all your messages, understanding how, how, how difficult and, and, and laughing at me as well. I was actually delighted that that was what the reaction was, that it, people found it so funny. Um, because, uh, as I say, it's um, we try to give you uh, as good a product as we possibly can here. And when you've got a baby gurgling and Googling beside you, uh, I wasn't sure what people would think of that. So thank you so much for all your understanding. But Paddy, you're back with us and uh, you're, in good, you're in good Wi-Fi reception. Talk to me and tell me about how that game, what the atmosphere was prior, post, and during that game on uh, on Wednesday night. Well, firstly, apologies to everyone else for from my performance on on Wednesday night too, because well, I'll just explain as, as you and everybody else knows. There's a lot of problems around the transport getting to and from mm -hmm. Villa Park, and that ultimately what what killed me because I got there so late, I had to meet people in the whole pub, and suddenly realised that. Uh, we were about two minutes from going live. Um, the good people there gave me the Wi-Fi passport, password, but I reckon there was just too many people on it. So despite the fact that I was able to go into an office and then a kitchen to look for better coverage, it didn't work. So I would have normally have got my business done and met the people I needed to meet in, in the whole pub and been in my seat at that stage. But 
it just didn't happen that way, unfortunately. But um, on the other hand, the, the atmosphere was quite good in the whole pub. People were singing. Um, the the extra half an hour before kickoff gave more drinking up time to, to people to get in full fettle before the, before the game kicked off. And I think, yeah, there was a gener- generally a fairly jovial atmosphere um, <clears throat> up up until up until kickoff, and then uh, the football took over. And let's face it, Man City took over. Yeah, that's uh, and look, I suppose the first half wasn't pretty watching for from vast portions of the first half. No, I suppose it wasn't pretty watching, depending on what you expected. And the few coherent sentences I could actually spit out on the on the team sheet tantrum. Um I did go through what I expected Steven Gerrard or how I expected Steven Gerrard and Michael Beale to line this team up against Manchester City and was to funnel them wide to you know and that was nothing new. It didn't it didn't take a genius to come up with that because that's what they've done so far. But I thought we were we were very well disciplined in midfield. I thought we were very well disciplined in, in the two center half position positions. Um mm as well in that first half but we just couldn't get a foothold on the ball um i thought our full backs i thought maddie cash for he did some really good things in the first half i thought he was naive at times as well in the first half as well mm. and and i you know i'm not thinking about, i'm not saying he had a bad game or anything so you know i i completely don't want that to come across but he just did one or two things that i went this is yeah. not the game for it this is not the time for this this is backs to the wall stuff matthew please and i think yeah. that the i i think the uh, like a lot of people say mings was out of position for the second goal uh, in the first half bernardo silva's goal matty cash was equally out of position on the right hand side there as well and you can see mm. john mcginn Busting his nut to get back there, um, to to try and get to Bernardo Silva, but it was it, it was all in vain. Um, like as I, I say, the, the, the I first half, the first, first five minutes, I, I think there was a lot of nervous tension on the pitch, yeah. and it filtered through to the stand. Then, but I think five minutes in, I, I think we struggled to get get on the ball at all. Um, I think it was seven minutes before we registered double digits of possession, uh, double uh, of a procession percentage. Yeah. Um. I haven't I haven't watched the whole game back yet. I started to watch it last night, but I was just between my hangover and everything else, I was knackered, so I just had to go to sleep. So I saw most of the first half again. Um it's difficult when you watch a match from a different vantage point because I watched it from nearly up the back of the Trinity Road upper. So it was a different uh different way of looking at things. Mm. But again, it was it was it was probably the wrong game as well because everyone was getting pulled and dragged because they just bossed the, the game. But uh it was hard to see some of the decisions from that distance where, you know, we, we thought there might have been penalty decisions and stuff like that. So it was hard to see. So I did want to watch it back, but I was just way too tired last night by the time I got around to doing it. But um, yeah, for the, for the first five minutes, I was going, Jesus, are we going to get a touch of the ball at all? I don't think, I don't think we got out of our half after the kickoff. Like it was, it was just, Man, Man City are just, like I hear a lot of people They're saying, phenomenal. yeah, I hear a lot of people saying, uh, you know, oh, I wasn't too disappointed with that defeat. Uh, yeah, I was going, yeah, I was. <laughs> you know, I hate losing. I hate losing anyway. Mm. Um, the fact that all my family are Man City doesn't help matters either. But it's, it, it, I think the manner we lost was okay. But I was pissed off that we lost. But mm. it was, uh, it was just, they're just a phenomenal team. And you, you just always feel that they've got something else in the tank to go and do something special. Like the two goals, just 
outrageous. How ah, the how first goal, the first goal is like the first goal to me was like it was like watching scabies, is what it was. It just pissed me off something cruel. Oh, it just happens yeah. to Aston Villa, like, yeah, ball falls to Ruben Diaz, he scuffs his shot, it takes a deflection. Skims off Matty Targets, takes a deflection off Leon Bailey, skims off mm. Matty Targets, uh, Targets' head, doesn't get enough in it to drive it anywhere else other than to spin the ball away from Emmy Martinez, plumb in the bottom corner. Mm. Like, literally, if you, if you were to put Ruben Diaz in that position, take a shot with no one in the goals a hundred times, he probably scores 40. And that's no one else in the field alongside him. My God, like, you know, that really annoyed me. Yeah. Really annoyed and me, it- that goal did. You know, it's it's just one like the bloody Armstrong Southampton goal. It's just one of those ones where you just go for fuck's sake. <laughs> you know, it just could only happen to us. We mm. managed we managed to to defend very well, and then somebody steps up and does something like that. Now, Leon Bailey and Matt Tagler are, are not totally blameless me either. I thought Bailey could have done better in closing yeah, it down, yeah, yeah. and I thought Matty Target turned closed his eyes a little bit rather than. Getting making sure he he he, uh, he got some kind of a, a good connection on it, mm-hmm. but look, I think I think they would have scored anyway. It's just one of those things. I was more upset at the second goal, to be honest. Um, the reason I was upset was, um, I said to the guy beside me, forty minutes on the clock. I said, "What we need to do now is just marshal these for five minutes, get ourselves into the dressing room, calm the heads, calm the minds." Stop stop and cut out. There was an awful lot of little tippy tappy passes that were left short and stuff like that. And it was it was quite frustrating. And you could see Jared was getting frustrated on the on the sideline as well. So for me, that's what they needed to to cut out from 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 what was happening in the first half. And they did in fairness, they were much better in the second half. But that goal, the second goal, just killed us just before half time. Because we, we knew they only had to come out and just pass the ball around and keep the ball and, and stay out of trouble, really. I have to say, I have to say, and look, I'm not one of these people who sits here and just just bl- blanketly um, praises opposition. I think a lot of you, people who would have watched this podcast will know that that's not really in our DNA much. Um, we we have no problem saying that X player is a prick or whatever, you know, and we don't we don't like such and such. But I have to say, Bernardo Silva is slowly is not slowly but surely he's fast. Fast, fast, mm. becoming one of the top midfielders in world football at the moment. 100%. He is unbelievably good. Like, and, and this is the difference, you know. And, and you know, I, I'm okay with the moral victory, or with the moral victory of only losing two one, and potentially almost getting a draw against a Man City. And we get on to the second half in a moment, and this is why, yeah. because when they're down De Bruyne, one of the best midfielders in the world. When they're down Phil Foden, one of the best up-and-coming stars in the whole entire world football. When they're down the, the, the UK's highest ever transfer transfer fee and one of the highest ever in the world in Jack Grealish, albeit he came on for the last, whatever, 10 minutes. They're down three players that would waltz backwards, moonwalk sideways into, into any other team in world football. And then they still have Bernardo Silva in the field. They can just pull the strings and be so brilliant. Mm. And they, they've got Rodri and Fernandinho back there as well. Like, I have to say that goal, like, once again, if Bernardo Silva has to take that volley a hundred times, he scores it two or three times. Majority of times that one goes up over over the over the bar and over the stand. Once it, but yeah. fair play to him, he caught it when he needed to. And I know it was kind of straight down the throat at Martinez, but you can't blame him. There's no way you're getting your hands up to save that. It was a sweet no, as they he, come. 
yeah, it was just outrageous finish. Mm. You're just like, oh my god, um, and what a brilliant pass into him as well, you know. But yeah, I think I think I think we were the masters of our own destiny there. We, I yeah. felt on, on 40 minutes looking at it from my point of view, I thought, no lads, regroup, sit tight, don't don't go, and we and we did go chasing it at mm. that stage. I, I just but felt I, that was that was the time to make sure that the game wasn't beyond us at halftime. Absolutely, and I thought that I thought we were actually doing a good job of keeping Man City honest in short bursts because there was a couple of great moves we had. That move with, with um, Buendia, Emi Buendia was absolutely sensational. I thought he was very, very good um, as well. Best game I've seen him play for Aston Villa. Um, yeah. I, but that, there was one move in the first half where the ball actually made its way across to Leon Bailey and, the ball, and, and his shot was blocked. But the yeah. in, intricate passing between Watkins and Buendia and getting it down that line and breaking quickly was excellent. Douglas Louise was, I thought, was fantastic as well. Like, like getting that quick out ball out there. I thought he was much more mobile around the field. I liked the way that he wasn't pigeonholed. Like Nakamba being in there allowed him to, to, yes, drop back into an extra six when we needed to, but also to get into the eighth position. Mm. Really liked the setup of our midfield three as well. And, and and look, the first half was what it was. If we go in at one nil down, I think everybody was happy. We go in at two nil down, and it was kind of a bit of a detraction. But what happened in the dressing room is why I am why word of moral victory comes at for me. Um, there was alterations made. There was uh, there 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 was um adjustments made to tactics. Our pressing got an awful lot. Our our, our pressing. We were, we were pressing pretty well in the first half, but we just couldn't get within NASA's roar. And when it was going wide, we were filtering as opposed to marking space. I think we went a bit more zonal in the second half, which I actually really liked, um, mm-hmm. just based on that game. And I think what we did was we dropped more people into that middle place to, to sit on top of Rodri and Fernandinho, and we started getting frees. We started picking up that ball. We started dragging them further forward up towards the half, up past the halfway line into the, into the center circle a small bit more. We were getting the ball with our backs to them, turning them, and they were dragging us down. How Rodri and Fernandinho didn't get booked, once again, just like Coate didn't get booked for for um, for Crystal Palace, beyond me. Because they were, there were some cynical pull-downs and, uh, and, mm. and little trips there to stop us breaking, breaking quickly. But we needed to do that to keep them honest. And I know we got the goal at the right time. The goal came coming at the right time really gave us an impetus. And as the game went on and towards the end of the game... We were pushing uh, Man City, and it felt like Man City were actually holding on at certain parts in that second half, which was Aston Villa don't do that. You know, we don't. Mm. If we start slow, we end up having a poor game usually. Yeah. But what happened was there was a there was a there was a kind of a sense that we changed gears at second half in the second half because we changed our 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 impetus a small bit and it allowed us to 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 kind of come and play a small bit more. How, was was that what you saw in the in, in the ground itself, Paddy? And was that the feeling, I suppose, amongst the fans that were there? Yeah, well, I think I did, <clears throat> like the atmosphere ramped up once we scored. I think I think everybody saw a bit of hope, mm. and 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 it definitely it, it was a fantastic finish. It was a great ball with Douglas Louise, great finishing off the post. It was just there was limbs and legs and arms everywhere. It was unreal. But the the um, the thing for me was that the, that the crowd really took over then at that stage. I thought, I think, thought they really got behind the team. Having got a bit negative in the first half, um, they could see that there was a lot of effort going in. And, you know, let, let's be honest, when you look at Man City taking the ball into the corner, that's not Man City. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, they were yeah, worried. Yeah. They were worried as, yeah. it, as it got towards the end of the game. Um, and possibly could have conceded a penalty very, very late on. But 
Oh, the Kanze, yeah. That no, there, there isn't enough talk about that. That was no. a penalty all day long. Well, the, the, some people are saying that, that the Jesus one was a penalty. I I didn't think so. I thought he put his foot out and knew exactly what he was doing, a la Bruno Fernandez for his one in the first half. But the for me, the Kanze one. If if that foul happens anywhere on the pitch, it's a free kick and a yellow card. So yeah. why is it not a penalty in the box? Yeah. I'll tell you why. Because the referees are refereeing players and not teams. They're afraid of their lives of these stars. We need stronger referees. This guy thinks he's a superstar, Mike Dean. We we heard the story earlier in, in the in the year. Uh, ben this Foster from Mike Dean. This is from Mike Dean on Ben Foster's podcast. That really gets under my skin. The, the the referee has no right to be making any claims like that to players and talking absolute nonsense. He's there to referee the game. He's not. He's there to be anonymous. He's there to do his job properly. Not be ma- not be making a name for himself with players. I, I, that just really annoyed me when it happened. Um, and you had Kevin the Crook in the in the um, in in the the departure in VAR as well. Kevin yeah. unfriendly. So what was he looking at? Mm, he wasn't. That that's the thing. And there was yeah. very very little um, of like there was there was hardly no deliberation over no. it. Was guess of oh yeah. But at, at what stage? At what stage does the fourth official or or the uh, the VAR fella get a pair of balls and go? Hang on a minute, Mike Dean. Uh, you're after letting eight or ten. Cynical fouls go without a yellow card. The only way to stop this is to give one of them. And they don't because they're refereeing players, not refereeing teams. They, you are going to get this when you're in the shit. We saw it. We saw it all throughout that season that we just just about stayed up. When you, when you come up against, even last year against Man United getting dodgy penalties, when you come up against the bigger clubs, you're not going to get the decisions. And I was bitterly disappointed when I saw back the... Uh, the Conza one yesterday morning. I just thought, what 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 are these guys looking at? It's just yeah. beyond it's beyond me what the hell is going on. That you work so hard, you really put your heart and soul into that second half, and there's a fucking asshole with a whistle ruin, ruining any opportunity of you getting what let's it's, it's fair play. Isn't that what mm-hmm. FIFA is supposed to be built on? <laughs> they talk about it all the time, but there is no fair play. Yeah. You're you're either in the shit and you're not getting the decisions. Or you're Manchester City or Manchester United, and you'll get the decisions all day long, and that's what keeps these teams at the top, and it's unacceptable. And that's my rant out of the way. For today. <laughs> it's been a while since we've had one of those, Paddy. It's been a while, <laughs> um, but we could have won it, or we could have drawn it up anyway, you know, without the assistance of uh, a, a fair play, as you termed it. Um, but Kenny Chukmueke came on, and I'll be honest with you, I was a bit surprised that it was him that was strung from the bench. And there's there's yeah. a conversation to be made once again, the third game in a row, that Steven Gerrard's substitutions really helped this team. Um, mm. I know two of them were forced due to injury, um, but uh, one of them wasn't. And that was the... that Was the um, was it the Kenny Chukmueke one? Kenny wasn't, yeah. That was Carney, just the tactical one, wasn't it? Carney was was just a tactical one, I think, or maybe it might have been Sanson that was the tactical one. Um, but Carney comes on and like uh, he gets into that position. He made he made some really really good runs. First of yeah. all, physically he looks like he is he's all there as a Premier League player. Uh, fantastic, you know, from from a height weight point of view, you know, he's he's not going to get bullied or or, or passed mm-hmm. off the ball. He didn't look phased playing against Man City as well. Um, and and look, the potential is all is there for everyone to see, and he gets into that fantastic position, uh, bearing down on goal. Obviously, uh, albeit with a defender hanging off him, but bearing down on goal, and 
he has to slide it past Ederson and Ederson comes out and does a great job of spreading mm. himself. I still think he should have should have scored it. And that's not being over that's not being critical. That's just you know me using my eyes. I think he should have scored it, but the keeper mm. does well to save it as well at the same time. Um, but fair play to him getting name checked. You know, Stephen Jarrett spoke really, really well about him afterwards. This is somebody yeah. that recently has garnered um has garnered column inches uh fairly or unfairly mm. for a throw for what what can I be determined as a throwaway article from for one article had a lot of a lot of inches after it. So let's hope yeah. this is the start of something big for Kanye Chuck And I think Jared even mentioned that he wanted to get him signed up or he wanted to get him time, get him playing time to 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 develop mm. him and stuff like that. So maybe that's something in it for him. Um it was a big talking point in the stadium as well. The, the fans genuinely you could see everybody's head torn to whoever they were with at the match and go, mm. oh my God, it's Carney's coming on because nobody expected it. So he you was, know, and he was coming on. Emma, actually, it was he was the forced substitution? I think he, he came was. On yeah, when, when yeah, Bailey on went off. Target. Yeah, uh, target. Sorry, yeah, target. Yeah, he came on for target. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and Sanson was the luxury was the luxury substitution. Yeah, and played very well too. Played by the way, very well. He just getting back, turn. just getting back to the Carney thing. I, I think that's a huge statement of intent from our managers because. If you make a decision like that against Manchester City, this guy needs to stand up and be counted. And he did stand up and be counted. Also puts to bed uh, any shite that if if he is saying that he, he doesn't think he's going to get game time. There is no bigger game than come on against the champions yeah. in, in a Premier League game. To, go, to, top- to be trusted to go and try and change the game as well. Yeah, It's incredible. It's an incredible decision. And I think... Stephen Jarrett deserves a pat on the back for doing it because he basically put a two fingers up to, let's face it, the shit reporting in the newspaper. They just they get a story and they run with it and then they run but, with it for three days and it's just pointless. But but they, I suppose all, the, the all they're doing is throwing sand against though. players. Nobody knows that this is true. Nobody has any that's, proof that's it, yeah. that this is true. Yet they run with it for three days and it torrents fans against players, and that's what annoys me the most. Here's a guy that went out and did his best. I still think he's a little bit of growing up to do. I still thought his running was a little bit laboured. I think that will come with time. I think Stephen Jarrod has the ability to knock that out of him. I know there's a player in there. And I think that him at full tilt will be an absolute beast and one for the future for us. And mm. I I just I just think if you're if you're a guy sitting there playing for under 18s or under 21s of this club, you surely got a boost the other night that you went. If this manager can come in and see something in in Carney Chupmawenka, throw him in there against the champions. They're probably one of the best teams in the world. And just, there you go, son. You're well able for this. Go and do it. People are going to want to come and play for this club. Mm. The the youth talent that we're attracting to this club is going to continue if that's what we're going to do. And he didn't let himself down. Probably could have done a bit better with the finish. He's big and strong, held off the defender Mm. as well as he could. And it was probably just concentrating on trying to get the shot away because he knew he wasn't going to get a penalty anyway. <laughs> so, um, for me, if if he'd have rolled it into the corner, he probably would have had a better chance of scoring. But just just got it too tight to, to really you know, come with time. What what he could have done was just shifted the ball to the right hand side, initiated contact, gone down and got a penalty, or or, or got a, a decision for the referee. But nobody even wants to see that. But once again, yeah. who knows what would have happened there, considering the 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 mm. uh, the duo of of um, 
of Statler and Waldorf that were there, one in above in VAR and the other one on the field anyway. So it was a mm -hmm. it, it was a crazy one. But let's draw a line under the Man City game uh, for the moment because uh, you know we can't really affect that game anymore. It was was really looking forward towards Brendan Rodgers' men coming mm -hmm. um, at the, at the weekend. Will we have we have a little chat about the elephant in the room before we move on? Get it over with. What's the elephant in the room, Paddy? <laughs> You've forgotten about our player coming back to play have you? <laughs> against us. So who oh, are, I have right. no idea. I've no idea who you're talking about. Leicester, so. Am I joking? We talk about Jack Grealish. We <laughs> <laughs> completely forgot all about it. But yeah, um, Villa till I die. I'm Villa till I die. I know I am. I'm sure I am. I'm Villa till I die. I thought it was a brilliant thing to sing when Jack mm. Grealish was coming on. Obviously, with the claps, which were, which were grand. And you were always going to have boos. Look, there was always going to be people there that were going to be booing. But uh, I thought that was a pretty classy response from, from Villa fans to sing the Villa till I die mm. chant um, when Jack Grealish came, came onto the field. Um not having a go at him or anything like that, but I think I think realistically, it was uh, optically probably one of the best things that they, that, that that they could have done because it did drown out a good 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 portion of the booze. And if people wanted to boo, that's absolutely fucking fine. I don't care how mm -hmm. you like. He's not our player. I don't care whether you wanted to yeah. to you know whatever you wanted to do with regards yeah. to him. I just thought the Villa to I die was actually pretty classy. Yeah, but look, the the booing has has given people. A platform to go and challenge our club. I saw Alan Hutton did it this morning. Uh, you sent me a link of Clinton Morrison. Clinton, you know, Morrison. oh my God, talk about shambles! If if people go to a football match, it is well within their right to boo whoever they bloody like. They've paid the money to come in there. They can boo whoever they like. Did I boo? No, I clapped. And what? When I'll be honest with you, when they started singing "Villa till till I die." It fucking took my breath away. I thought it was the perfect thing to do. I Why really aren't did. Man City fans getting stick for booing Ashley Young, considering he played for Man, Man United, what, five years ago? Like, come on, give <clears> me a break. You can't pick and choose who the hell you want to criticise for booing a player. What did Ashley Young ever do to Manchester City no. fans? Nothing, other than wear a red jersey. Like, get off the fucking moral high ground and people going, oh, you can't boom for everything you did. He kept you in the league. Do whatever the fucking want. We want to him. He basically came out in an interview and said, I would have gone to Man City or Man United. Uh, they couldn't get the deal done with Man United, so I signed another contract. You know, it's things that he said afterwards that have caused some people to feel mm. this way, and I can completely empathize with them. I personally mm. wouldn't have booed. I personally would have definitely got involved in the Villa till I die, but it's a fucking non-story, Clinton. It, it is a non-story. And I'm, I'm, more, I'm more annoyed at the likes of Alan Hutton coming out looking for a soundbite now at this stage. <clears throat> this, this needs to be moved on. I thought it was the perfect thing that Pep could have done to bring him on for five minutes, get this... Elephant off his back. He's been back. He's played now. We move on. If he comes out the next day and they boo him and make a pantomime villain out of him, so what? This is football. Yeah, you know what I mean. People are passionate. This it is the first time fans have booed a player that's that, that's left our club. I'm sure there has been one or two, but maybe maybe not to the extent of this one. The, and look, and, and, and the, no, it didn't the boo, the I think, is a, there's a little bit of a grieving process going on for a lot of people, yeah. and they, they can boo if they like. You know what I mean? Want. And it was it was very much in the minority. I have to say it was very much 100%. in the minority. Um I I wasn't I wasn't troubled by the response at all. I thought the response was perfect. And I thought, he, I thought whoever whoever decided to sing Villa till I die, 
it actually lifted the roof. It was incredible. You have a video. You shared it with me. I don't know if you put it up on social media. Look, if when you sh- when you shared that with me, I went, wow. That was just a wall of villa till I die. And it just, mm. you know, it got, got the hairs on my neck going. And and it's just, it's it's a, and it was exactly as he was coming onto the field as well. So look, I don't care. Alan Hutton, yeah. fine. Listen, absolutely appreciate you, Alan. You know, if but if, if if that's really how you feel, if you're really that 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 up in arms over it, have a watch of video uh, of, of Paddy's video. I don't know if you're going to share it, but if he does, have a watch of that and see what it means. <laughs> oh, really? Clinton Blue Nose, Clinton Clinton Blues Man Morrison, should I say? Mm. Uh, you know, go go have a go have a look at this. Clinton Morrison said a hilarious thing as well. By the way, he said, "I didn't like how many people booed." You didn't like how many people booed. Oh, I'm so sorry. Your feelings were hurt. is not about you, Clinton. This is about Jack Grealish and about Aston Villa. So stick to your what blues um, fant- fantasy land that you live in. And that's fine. I'm okay with that, Clinton. I'm mm. absolutely okay. But that really annoyed me. I, I, I couldn't care less about his feelings. You know, and sorry, that's my rant out of the way now. And uh, let's move on towards Leicester City. We've Leicester coming at the weekend. We have a couple of Leicester fans who are worried. I didn't even know there were only three points ahead of us in the league. Um, but a couple of Leicester fans are very, very worried about the way that we've uh, we've upped our game since Stephen Gerrard have come in. And, mm. you know, what was the situation of, God, Brendan Rodgers would never leave Leicester to go to Manchester United. He doesn't have that choice now. And now some, I, I've, I've seen some Leicester fans say, oh, my God, Rodgers out. Uh, you know, so football, the worm turns quickly in football, as we well know, with the Dean Absolutely. Smith situation too. Yeah. But for for me, Paddy, are are they are they are they are they a club in flux at the moment? Are they a club in you know what's, <clears> your, me, what's your view on Leicester at the minute? I haven't I haven't seen too much of them. I watched I watched the highlights the other night, which it was two all, was it Southampton? Southampton yes. they played, I think. Um for me that uncertainty around Brendan Rogers affects everybody in the club. You can be sure of that, and I think the minute Manny, the minute Ollie was no longer at the wheel, or potentially no longer at the wheel, and Rogers was being announced, that affects players. It affects the performance. So I'm expecting a bit of a backlash on Sunday from them. I'm expecting them to up their game. They always up their game against us anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I see some people trying to pick it up as a Midlands derby. Jesus, <laughs> you know, these the people will make headlines out of nothing, but. It's it's not a derby. There's, there's there's a bit there's a bit of needle. There always has been a bit of a needle between the two clubs, um, but not not a derby for me at all uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But I do think I do think honestly from what from what I've read into what's happened over the last six weeks or so with them is that they've they've kind of been a bit in decline. But I'm sure it's up to Brendan Rodgers now to get them taken, or he might be. Uh, Picking up with P forty five himself, which is outrageous, which is but it absolutely really outrageous to think about. Yeah. yeah, it is. It it is football, but it is outrageous. Yeah. You know, in, in my mind, that that could happen. Paddy, uh, just very quickly, as I say, because uh, you know, obviously we've a couple of injuries. We're not going to see Leon Bailey for a couple of weeks. I'd say that's him done till after Christmas, to be honest mm. with you. And Matty Target took a knock. Whether Matty Target is fit enough to play at the weekend would be one thing. But um, who do you think comes in in those two situations? Should Target, well, I presume Target's an obvious one, but who comes in for Leon Bailey in that situation when he's not going to be able to play at the weekend? Well, that's the thing. This is, this is, you know, I think I heard one of the journalists, it might have been Greg Evans of The Athletic, saying that it was 
Gerard's opinion that he should give everyone a try before Christmas and try and get as many people in to have a look at them. So we could see a left field one. We could see Philogene Bidace. We could see... Jesus, we could see... Well, depending on whether Matty Target is fit, we could see Ashley Young in there. So there's, there's lots of ways of looking at it. Um, who would I pick? I honestly haven't got a clue because, and I definitely couldn't second guess what what Stephen Jarrett is going to do. Um, I think this will be the hardest team to pick with those guys out. Obviously, Jacob Ramsey is also carrying knocks, as he said, um, after the game. So he's obviously struggling a little bit, or he well, would have started. I, and and I think I actually think who that's who starts instead of Leon Bailey. Would you believe mm. if he's fit? Yeah. If he's fit, I think he will. I think he really, really, really likes him. So, and, and I think you know he what? keeps the midfield trio of of uh, Douglas Louise, uh, John McGinn, and Nakamba. Like you yeah. can't. Like how mad is football? How absolutely mad is football? Six weeks ago, if we were to say, do you know who in six weeks' time is going to be almost undroppable for Aston Villa? Is marvelous Nakamba, and everybody to a man would say, "Oh, watch this hot take merchant talking nonsense." And what they would also say is, we're going nowhere if we're paying the two of them together. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know what? I might have even said that myself. And that's just, that's the beauty of football. It's Three weeks ago, Paddy, I said, the less we can see we, we see of Ashley Young, the better. And now I'm like going, oh my God, Ashley Young has got a re- rebirth <laughs> in this number 10 position that he's uh, that he's been brought on. And I, I, I still stick by that I'm a bit nervous of him in a full back position. But look, yeah. <laughs> as I say... You know, there's no point having a mind if you don't change it. You know, so uh, mm. I, 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 I've I've gotten to the stage now whereby I just don't want to see him at right back. Um, I'm okay at seeing him at, at seeing him left back and in that ten position. But football is 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 funny. It's cyclical, and uh, and the way it works is uh, the the way it works is so so funny. And I think that's why we keep coming back to it. The fact that uh, the fact that it, you know it just and and look, you look at James Madison. James Madison three weeks ago couldn't kick a ball straight. Now he's scoring goals again. He's got and his dander is back up. You know, there was three weeks ago they were talking about, oh, maybe they cash in for him for 40 million to Arsenal or to somebody. Do Arsenal come back in for him? Did he miss his boat to leave Leicester for big money? Now he's banging in goals again. You know, or sorry, playing at the very least, he's playing well again. And you know, there's talks about James Madison is back. So th- that's the wonder of football. If you can get your confidence, mm. if you can get your dander back up again, you know, you yeah. can you can turn things around. Um, I I I'm I'm really looking forward to this game. I'm really really looking forward to. It. I don't know what it is. The fact that we were able to soak up all that pressure in the first half against City and the three or four little counter attacks that we had were beautiful to watch. Um, they were really nice. They were fast. They were flowing. They were they were like Liverpool of about four years ago, just before they won the Premier League. They were a really good counter attacking team, and they could break at you at pace. And to see Emmy Buendia for that for that specific one in the first half, if you look back at it, and the ball that comes to Bailey across the box and Bailey gets blocked, watch how hard and fast Buendia runs. It's like he's on. It's, it's like it's like somebody took him and put him on. One and a half times the speed, and everybody else is moving the same sp- same pace. He just zooms up like Roadrunner, right up into the box, and still had his whereabouts about him to be able to stop, get that ball, and play an absolutely brilliant pass just in around the corner. Um, again, I, I, I thought I thought we saw I thought we saw why he was thirty eight million in, in glimpses at the weekend, and you know I've been critical of him. I thought <laughs> that he didn't put in put uh, that he he's technically on the ball. I thought he was he was poor, but 
Jesus, if he if he if he brings what he brought against Man City, and maybe he just needed that game against a bigger team to up his game. I was I was very very impressed and excited by what he did, and you know I I want to see him start in that ten position. And if uh, I'm not mistaken, I think that might be his first full ninety minutes for the club. I don't think yeah. I don't think he's finished the game. I could be wrong, but I don't think he has. But he really impressed me. Um, to he was involved in the one that, that Bailey broke down the 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 block on Bailey shot, and he also had two shots himself blocked mm, in the first yeah. half. So he he has a lot going on in his game that that people don't notice. I swear to God, like when, when you look at these players in the flesh, I said it earlier in the season about watching Danny Ings. Danny Ings is such a workhorse and it often goes unappreciated. Um, there's there's so many of those guys in there because because when you're watching a game on TV, uh, you're not seeing the bigger picture. You're not seeing the movement. You're not seeing the running. And the one thing I noticed about Buendia on, on Wednesday night is he has a turn of pace. He took off with the ball at one stage and I was going, geez, this little guy with his little legs, you know, same height as me near enough. <laughs> and he was flying it, absolutely flying it. And, and they couldn't they couldn't get back to, now obviously he was closed down in the end, but I couldn't get over how quick he was. That's something I never noticed about him before. So th- there's definitely... That's, that's a really interesting one, Paddy. If you're wondering what I'm doing here, I'm just trying to see if I could find this statistic that was just going around in my brain and I, I didn't want to say it. Like, Usually I'm okay with, with making an absolute balls of statistics and getting them wrong sometimes, but this one I wanted to get right. Um, it was about the amount of distance that he did cover in the championship because what you said there about his turn of pace, sometimes, you, you know, it's funny that the eyes can play tricks on you with regards to a small man looks faster when he runs uh, because <laughs> his legs are moving faster. And he and for what, you know, one and a half steps, like for him, it could take him one and a half steps to make uh, one of Carney's uh, big strides. We've we've said that Cardi sometimes looks like he's slow. Maybe once again, mm. that's a trick of the eye. Pogba sometimes looked like he's slow. God, Patrick Vieira looked like he was slow, but Patrick Vieira's stride was like mm. it was like an ostrich. You know, it was like three meter stride when he got the ball. So you know, and, and conversely, then with Buendia, you know, when the legs are running and they're turning around a bit quicker, you think, but he is actually quick. Um, mm. he is actually really quick. And let, let's face he's it, quick when, in when the he mind as well. When he gets on the ball, usually he's he's out wide and looking for the next pass. So he's not usually running with the ball. But when when I saw him pick the ball up in, in basically his own half and run to the edge of their box with the ball and not be able to be caught by someone without mm. the ball, I, I just thought it just resonates with me from the game. Yeah. And I saw it again last night when I watched back the first half. It was it was just he was like lightning. So and he has that he has that in his locker as well. And that is something as well, I think. Looking back and hindsight being 2020, under Dean Smith, he didn't get an awful lot of an opportunity to to get onto the ball facing forward. He was a lot of the time he was getting the ball, but he's back to the defender. He just didn't have the mus- the 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 phys- physique to be able to, to hold up the ball or to even mm. you know receive the ball in central positions where he's back and get turned. But if you get him like these little triangles that were playing in midfield are playing into the Jacob Ramsey's, the John McGinn's and the Emmy Buendia styles, whereby it allows them to get the ball out quickly so they don't have to so that it, it, if if the defender has to go through them being smaller men, they'll get freeze. And we saw that against Man City as well, where Rodri and Fernandinho did give away a freeze. But also what it allowed them to do that is if they can get that ball off for that little wall pass, the person the person who's coming onto it has field in front of them, and that's where they're probably most comfortable. 
we we've been crying out for a ball carrier since Jack Grealish left, and it wasn't getting done on the wings because we our wingers were out. Now we're beginning to carry the ball a small bit more through the middle of midfield because we're manufacturing open space mm-hmm. with these little triangles and these little wall passes that uh, that our smaller players are playing. And and for me, it's intelligent. It's it, I said it before. It's football one oh one. You get taught that at under-14 level, but it's bloody hard to implement the higher up the pyramid you go because everybody's expecting it. And we're implementing it now, and it's nice to see. And, and I think the players enjoy it as well because we've got very energetic players. And we can see them get the, when, you, when you have – like, it's always easier. You'll run for 90 minutes with the ball at your feet and never feel out of breath. But if you're chasing the ball the whole time, you will. And the more possession we have and the more we can get these get these players in midfield running with the ball at their feet as opposed to just shifting it out wide to the to the to the wingers and then consolidating the midfield when we're in attack, I think we'll see an awful lot more of uh, yeah. of the play for the Aston Villa team. And I think I think Man City are a different level to Leicester. I think we'll get a good judge of where we're at this weekend. I think it'll be a really interesting contest from, from a tactical point of view. So we'll we'll definitely see We'll see the benefits of the likes of Buendia getting ninety minutes. Um, there's players there with a, with a lot, did a lot. Well, there's going to be a lot of knocks as well and a lot of tired legs. So it's it's not it's not going to be an easy game. But then again, Leicester had a tough game the other night as well. So they're, they're going to be struggling as well. So it'll it'll be survival of the fittest from mm. from what what I think. And uh, yeah, I think I think it's just a game for cool heads again. I think I think if we approach this game like we approached the second half against Man City. I definitely think we can turn them over. I did a preview with Leicester Fan TV last night and uh, I spoke to Tom there. I've been on it a couple of times. They're, they're really great guys and, and they're very complimentary of Aston Villa. Um, they're a really good channel. If you want to catch it, you know, be my guest. Uh, find them, Leicester Fan TV. Um, but what he said was that they're not big fans of corners and set pieces at the moment. They've seemed to lost their mojo with defending those. And uh, I made a big deal out of, you know, Aston McPhee and the goal that we scored at the weekend and Matty Cash's long throw-ins. Are we going to use them? Are we not going to use them? I I personally think that they're obviously still going to be used. I think we used one against Man City, if not two. But I think it's just going to be less predictable because, you know, in the final days of Dean Smith, we're using them every single throw-in was a long throw. And, and sometimes, you know, they've become, become predictable. But um, so I think potentially set pieces is where we're going to have a lot of... Uh, a lot of joy. Also, um, if I'm not mistaken, they have an injury crisis, you could call it, at midfield, in central midfield. And likely they will be calling up Kieran Dewsbury Hall, who's on loan at Luton last season. He played 39 goals, scored three goals. He was on loan at Luton. He's a tall guy. He's um, he's all there. He's going to probably play in that midfield position with Ndidi. But they're going to be missing Tielemans. They're going to be missing... Um, who well, else like full backs? If they get an injury in the full back position, they're going to be really, really short because they're already without Ricardo Pereira, Bertrand, James Justin. They're all out, so they're down to Thomas and Castanier and the and the um uh, and the, uh, and in the full back positions. The plus points for them is they have Harvey Barnes back, Madison is back playing playing well again. I always say Perez is uh you know is always industrious over on the right hand side if he is to start and you know. What would it be an Aston Villa team if they don't start Vardy, who likes a goal against Villa? But if they don't start Vardy and they start somebody like Pats and Daka, well, we know players just love to score against Aston Villa when they need a goal. 
And Patson Dak is a bloody good footballer as well. You know, if you look at any, any of his goals and what he did prior to coming to, to Leicester, you'll know he's a damn good footballer. So Leicester, while Leicester have a couple of things they need to worry about, they also have that quality, you know, and and the, mm. the, there's, there's, you know, they've got a really good manager as well. And look, it's for me, I think this is going to be a draw. I think it's got score draw written all over it. Um, and and I think it's important we get something from this game, Paddy. I actually think this is a must not lose game. I because... think we'd be very disappointed if we didn't get something out of it. I'd actually be disappointed if we don't go and at least try and win the game. Oh yeah, there's yeah, no, yeah. Oh, there's yeah. No reason why we can't go and be at home. Yeah, well, we're at home, regardless. You know, we've we've beaten them away as well, so we we can do this. You know, it's it's a uh, they're not the Leicester that they were three or four years ago. They're they're. They're a shadow of what they were, but yet Brendan Brendan Rodgers has them very well drilled. Did they inflict their game on on, on teams to to a great extent as well? So um, it's just it's, there's just something not right. I can't put my finger on it. I, I was putting it down to the Rodgers thing and the uncertainty, but uh, it's it's a strange one. I th- I think what it is in, in the team, uh, and this is just I think it's probably just one of those things that. Jimmy Vardy's what, 35? If not older? Mm. And they haven't really replaced him. I know I, I, know I spoke of Pat Sandaka, maybe he is the man to do that. But Jimmy Vardy was Leicester FC for like so, so long. Like, and, and what a story. Like, what a story Jamie Vardy is. Mm. I think if he scores at the weekend against us, which he likes to do, he gets 94 goals or 95 goals, which means he becomes the oldest player to score that amount of goals. Uh, that that amount of goals since turning thirty, and he breaks in Wright's record or something crazy, anyway, like that. Mm. That he is, uh, he he'll have some record of being the oldest player to score the most amount of goals after turning thirty or something like that. Yeah. Um. Like every every young, every, from a footballing standpoint, and I will categorize it from a footballing standpoint. Every single young footballer out there should be looking at Jamie Vardy. Every single young striker and go, he did it. Why can't I? You know. Uh, because he came up through the doldrums and and and, and made it and England international mm. uh, and stuff and and I think really for Leicester that's really the, like he has been the heartbeat for Leicester from the point of view of you know he's been their talisman and he's getting on and have they really replaced him I think that's probably a fair uh, a fair comment for them and it's somebody it's something they will need to do to replace him and he's going to be difficult to replace because he is kind of a one in a million type player the way he plays. Yeah, unfortunately for us, Davey and Nacho as well, who likes to score a goal oh, against us. Oh, but him. <laughs> um, apparently not having the best of times at the moment, so he's, he's just not off form. So that's the Vardy will be in there, I'm sure. Harvey Barnes always plays well against us as well. I really yeah. like I really like Luckman as well. It's just getting them all to gel together is Brendan Rodgers' biggest thing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um don't particularly the Johnny Evans and Siunchu, I think are average centre half that can be got at. I think they're um, perfect for Ali Watkins. Perfect for him. Yeah. Um the two the two guys sitting in front in Didi and it'll be Dudesbury Hall, I'd say. Yeah, Sumari, I think, is injured, is he? He came off at halftime anyway at the week yeah. at the weekend, so or during the week. Yeah. So it there there will be a bit of disruption in there, I'd say, in, in the midfield. Um it just said he has a knock that's uh Sumari. So I don't know, maybe maybe they'll they'll risk him. But uh I've, I've said this before on on the podcast about Sion Chu and uh 
and Johnny Evans, and they've come out and had a, a really good game against us. I hope that's not the case at the weekend, but I, I, I definitely think with what we have going forward at the moment, I think we'll trouble them. I think so too. I, I, that's why I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw and go with a Desmond, yeah. I think is what the cool kids call it. Yeah, I think I, I think I've stopped giving predictions until we see the team. So I'll wait. I'll wait till Sunday. But at the moment, I'm 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 leaning towards a low score win. Well, there's me. That like that was a rookie mistake on my part. Usually, the presenter <laughs> asks the predictions so they don't make themselves look stupid. And uh, they ask you know what the prediction is. But of course, no. I had to put my foot in my mouth and go with my prediction. Now, I have to stick with my 2-2 anyway. Although, I did make that 2-2 prediction on the Leicester Fan TV podcast as well because uh, um, although it is on Steven Gerrard-ish to concede goals, albeit that we conceded two against against City mm. and one against Crystal Palace, um, I think it's shut up shop more so than anything else for him, specifically at the back. But uh, I don't know. This you, were, just, you were on a rival, uh, a rival channel and you didn't want to piss them off. Go on, tell the truth. You were just being nice. No, I was actually <laughs> being honest because I'm terrified of, of Harvey Barnes, Madison, Vardy, Pats and Daka. You know, mm. and it's it just... Uh, it's PTSD, I think, is what it is, uh, Paddy. It's, uh, you know, whenever Jamie Vardy is there, you know, you just know that he, he loves to play against us. And it's just, mm. it, it's difficult to see it during your own play. It's difficult. It's difficult to see it. Difficult in the mind. Um, but yeah, so that's going to do it for us, I think, tonight, guys. I don't think we've anything else. Oh, we do. We do. We do, Paddy. We're going to give away a book. Going to give away yeah. Julian Joachim's book, a signed copy of Julian Joachim. We've, we've been to do this for weeks and weeks and weeks. We, also, Jimmy, we, we were waiting for his, for his former club to come up to. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> this, 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 this was totally planned until this morning when we went, Jesus, we better give away that book. <laughs> and then, <Yeah. laughs> then we went, oh, Lester, perfect opportunity. So how are we going to give this away, Paddy? So we've got a signed copy of Julian Joachim's book. Um, I'm going to put up a post on the tweet machine. Uh, today mm. and what i want you guys to do is i want you to comment what do we agree with this paddy i can't remember what it was um yeah we go yellow, yellow card isn't it yellow cards yeah so who, what we want you to do is comment the underneath it the minute that the yellow card that the first yellow card will be distributed by i don't Michael know Oliver. is it mick oliver oh. yeah. <laughs> might be some given out in the, in the tunnel beforehand <laughs> <laughs> Minus, minus minutes don't count. We won't be taking those. So so basically, all you need to do is underneath the tweet that I put out, tweet yeah. tweet your the minute you think that the first yellow card will be distributed underneath there. Now, what we're doing here is if it says 2601, we're not, that's the 20, we're, we're counting that as 20, minute 26, okay? We're not saying that's the 27th minute. But there's no there's no semantics in this one here and there's no uh, technicalities. If it's 26010202304, as long as there's a 26 at the start of it, we're taking it as 26, okay? So that's just some rules. And secondly, if there's multiple people who have the same um with the same minute in there that uh, the first yellow card is given, it will just be drawn at random from those however many people have selected yeah. the same minute. But uh, yeah, Julian Joachim's book, um, signed copy of it, up for grabs, Villa versus Leicester. What a better time uh, to give that for, away. For those not on Twitter, we'll have a look at what we can do on the live stream on Sunday. Oh, yeah, and, actually, or, yeah. Or you maybe, comment, or, comment under here. Uh, if you're not on Twitter, comment under here on the uh, on the YouTube stream um, as well. You know, yeah. Uh, you just find us, find the stream on YouTube, and comment yeah. under there. We can we can put it on Twitter and Insta or, or 
Facebook and Instagram as well. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, Instagram, I don't know. I'll find the, find the logins for that. Um, <laughs> that's going to be, that's, that's gonna oh, be fine. Oops. Yeah, it mightn't be on Instagram, okay? We're, it won't be on Instagram. We won't be accepting on Instagram just for stewards inquiries because uh, I'm not going to get up there. But Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, minute that the go that the first uh, yellow card is given, and then we'll select the winner from there. Perfect. Uh, that's gonna do it, guys. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that podcast today. I really enjoyed looking back at the Man City game. I really enjoyed uh, enjoyed getting a small bit of a rant out there, and I'm really going to enjoy watching Leicester at half past four on Sunday. Once again, just before we we finish up, just to just to mention our um, our partnership with the Spond app, S P O N D. If you are involved with any teams or any organisations, and you're looking for a way to structure your communication or uh, your events and how to send send out events, etc. Um, you know, the Spond app, you can download it on iOS and on Android as well. So please give that a check out. As I say, I've downloaded it myself and, and I find it find it pretty useful as well. Um, but that's going to do it for us today, guys. Thank you so much to everybody for listening, for watching, for interacting. Thank you so much to everybody who um, shared their Spotify wrapped i think is what it is <laughs> i couldn't believe that we were number one in some people's listen most listen to podcasts that that's really heartwarming and touching so thank you very very much to everybody who listens to this podcast i really mean it it's uh you know it's 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 great and it makes us makes me anyway and i know it makes paddy is i'm going to speak for paddy on this occasion it makes all of us want to do more and more and more of these you know with the interaction that you guys give us so thanks so much for that but um we will be back with the team <laughs> sheet catch on Yep. Sunday at 10 minutes to 3 uh, t- uh, uh, 20 past 3, three. Uh, we were back just, a quick, just a quick shout out I was in an unusual part of the ground the other night I was in the, the Trinity Road Upper and there was a load of lads come up and, and introduced themselves that recognised me from the podcast so it was uh, it was heartwarming that they had such nice things to say don't mind if they call me an asshole behind my back but they were nice to me so that's important ah, that's yeah 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 none of them were in the referees association anyway patty so don't worry no. don't be calling you an asshole <laughs> behind your back anyway and that is nice yeah 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 but thanks so much everybody onwards towards leicester and i suppose all that's really left to say is up the villa up the villa Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.